0: There are some fantastic, not very well-known series in TA about culture. Really understanding the power of the culture on influencing the roles is important. Very often we end up behaving in ways that we later look back and think, that wasn't me. Yes. Not not what I do. Yeah. We really underestimate the power of culture and context. Yeah. We're in an age of narcissism at the moment for the last 20, 30 years where the focus is so much on the individual as if there was no context. But there's always context.
1: This is Three People in Your Head, a podcast about getting the best out of yourself and others co-hosted by john fleming and myself matt taylor
2: in this episode we speak with rosemary knapper rosemary is a teaching and supervising transactional analyst in three fields counseling organizations and education rosemary notes that all of these fields emphasize on presence emergence culture and context i'm working in the here and now with the adult ego state if you don't know what we were referring to when we say adult ego state and you'd like to know then you can find an infographic about the ego state theory on our website www.transactionalanalysispodcast.com in this episode we focus on ta counseling rosemary notes that this field is little known in the uk it's also important to note that this was recorded just before the global coronavirus pandemic when hairdressers were prolific. You'll know more about what we mean by that as you listen to the episode. Rosemary also notes that TA counselling may just be the field that is particularly needed and timely for all of our well-being right now. So Rosemary, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for uh, taking time to join us. It's a pleasure to have you.
0: It's good to be here. Yeah.
2: Great. So, Rosemary, could you start off by kind of introducing yourself, saying who you are, where you come from, what you do, just to give our listeners an idea?
0: So, I live in Oxford as a TA trainer and I'm qualified in um, organisations and education as well as counselling. But I'm here to talk about counselling in particular today, the field of counselling in TA. And I'm one of only two people who's qualified as a counselling trainer in the UK, which shows what a rare commodity we are. I come from uh, a growing up, which was very much intercultural.
3: Okay.
0: I'm a third culture kid. I grew up in all sorts of different places with parents that travelled, schools everywhere. So that very much influences some of my ways of thinking about TA counselling. And I then went on and worked for many, many years in learning and development, like one of you. And in that role, really developed a whole range of skills about organisations, about adult learning, education. So that influences both my uh, development in those areas in TA, but also doing a lot of support and enabling What turned out to be called coaching, which we developed a course in at the end of the 1980s in my workplace, and a lot of work with groups and individuals, um, which really nowadays we would think of in TA definition Mm. of counseling.
2: Very good. Which is
0: a little bit of a different definition, the TA definition of counseling field from Mm. the English language usage of the word
2: counselling. Oh, right, okay. Can you yeah. tell us a little bit more about what you mean by that, um, Roswell? Yeah. yeah.
0: So in English language, so in the United States, Britain and Australia, psychotherapy and counselling are often used as a single term. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And in some places, the term psychotherapy is used very differently from counselling, especially in countries which are not English language speaking. Okay. So there's a blur in the English language, which really thinks of counselling, um, along with psychotherapy and counselling, as therapeutic counselling. Okay. Yeah. When, yeah. whilst this is covered in the TA counselling curriculum and exam, it is not just therapeutic counselling, but it's also what's called complementary counselling, and this is what really touches me and gets me passionate and excited. Because it's all those ways that different professionals have to work with people. Mm. So if you think about, thinking about some of the people we've had on our programs, osteopaths, doctor, a GP, herbalist, yeah. community worker, mm. uh, people working with young people, priests, homeless workers, all those sorts of people who are working outside of formal an hour a week therapeutic counselling. That are working very much with people, often in passing, often very informally, often short periods of time, where they can make a huge difference to enabling somebody to take a different perspective on their lives or particular issues in their lives. Mm. So that's my passion around wow. the field. It gives a professional edge Yeah, around working with people to all sorts of professionals. And I'm longing for a hairdresser. I'm really... (laughs) Hairdressing my course because who speaks to people more than...
2: Absolutely, yeah. That's very true. I mean, every time I go get my hair cut in the barber, he always says to me, he was like, John, I'm more of a counsellor than you will ever be.
0: Absolutely. (laughs) I really encourage all hairdressers to go on on to introduction to Mm counselling programmes. But actually... TA counselling, unlike all the diplomas in counselling that are offered all around UK, Mm. TA counselling would actually speak to them.
2: And how did you first get drawn to being involved in TA, Rosemary?
0: Oh, gosh. This makes me feel very old. I was working in learning development, as I said, um, from the 1980s on, and did all sorts of things in learning development and knew all sorts of things about all sorts of things. So I went off on all sorts of introductory programs looking for depth. Um, So I did NLP, I did some person-centered stuff, I did some psychodynamic stuff. And the one thing of all the programs I did which addressed me, me and others, others Mm -hmm. thinking about the work I was doing, thinking about the politics in the system I was in, TA for managers that I went on that was run by a TA psychotherapy trainer, in fact, a couple of them. And somebody who was more of an educator. And I thought, this speaks to me. I get this.
2: Mm. This is really useful. Thank so you. I did a
0: psychotherapy training, a TA psychotherapy training, because that's all it was.
2: And, you know, you, you talked there about how compelling you found it and how it really gave you the depth you were looking for. Oh. Would you say that that's something that you know, anyone in any field could get because you talked there about how the counselling field could offer any professional. So do you think that if, if somebody is looking for depth in, in, in any job that they're doing, that training and, and TA could give it to them?
0: I think if they choose wisely, the mm. field that they train in. Yeah. Uh, so it needs to be relevant to them and, and practical. TA training is practical, it's applied. Yes. Uh, yeah. So they, it needs to be practical and it needs to be done with care. So, for example, a psychotherapy training, which focuses on personality disorder, um, it's not appropriate to be working in the community or to be working in organizations with that frame of reference. So each field has got a very particular frame of reference. Organizations are about changing organizations, not about changing the people in them, but organizations themselves. Education field is about the process of learning and how TA can inform the learning process. And the counseling field is about enabling people Mm. to find the resources within themselves and outside of themselves in order to resolve whatever issues they want to resolve. Mm. And the psychotherapy field is quite different because Mm. it's about healing the past. All those other fields are about working in the here and now, working in the present, and therefore
2: primarily
0: working with the adult ego state.
2: Yeah, right
0: huge depth to be had in doing that it's yeah. not easy mm. to find your own adult let alone invite somebody else's
1: mm.
3: so
0: yeah do you find that
1: that's part of your mission to make a clearer delineation between those because you're you're tsta so a trained supervising transaction analyst in three areas yeah so you know yeah. that you have a much clearer
0: and I, I did. did the CTA three times because yeah. I could see that the needs, the frame of reference, are different in each of the fields. And counselling overlaps with all of the fields. There are also things which are particular to each field. Yeah. And you need to really get the frame of reference for each field in mm-hmm. order yes. to practice ethically.
2: Great. That makes sense. And so, Rosemary, do you think that the counselling, education and organisational fields are closer linked than the psychotherapy field?
0: Well, I think we think here, I would think about roles. So, Christine Chevalier, who's uh, the head of our TA exams for IATA at the moment, once said something to me which was terribly profound. She said, in all the fields, education, organizations, and counseling fields, there are many, many different roles. People mm. are practicing in many different roles. Yes. In psychotherapy, there is only one role, psychotherapist. But I've already listed you lots of roles yes. uh, in the counseling field. yeah, and You can see that there are lots of different roles from leader to consultant to trainer to coach to facilitator in the organizational field. And there are lots of different educational roles mm. in the educational field. So I think roles is a really useful way to look and to be thinking when somebody comes in in the first place, hopefully getting good advice on the TA 101, what roles are you in at the moment Yes. and how can TA support you in those roles? Great. Mm. And if you think about roles, roles are always in a context And roles are always in relation to somebody in another role. So you can't be a psychotherapist without a client or a patient, as the traditional analysts would call it. Uh, You can't be a father without having a child, a daughter or a son, and vice versa. And thinking about your roles, your roles are always in relation to people who see you inhabit your role. Or, and this is what I think is central in the work in a lot of counselling, is many of our difficulties in life are because there is a difficulty either holding our role boundaries or inhabiting our role fully or we're not perceived as being in that role relationally by somebody else. And this was all written about and won the Eric Byrne Award in 2007 by Ben Schmidt, brilliant theory. Got yeah. the Eric Byrne Award the same year as Hargarten and Sills. It is a huge, enormously important piece of uh, work. And he's very, very radical. He suggests, what is personality? And he's also a psychotherapist, by the way, as well as organizational. What is personality? It is nothing more than all the roles we inhabit at the moment.
1: Mm. Wow. Mm. That's fascinating.
0: Yeah. It really wow. starts shifting your thinking when you yeah into that one more deeply.
1: That is, yeah. uh, because we all have so many.
0: Yeah, and what else is there to you other than your roles?
2: Mm, That's very interesting. So... Provocative, yeah. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's I'd like to just boring. go and reflect that now for a while. I'll be back in a minute, Rosemary. <laughs> uh, okay, wow. Yeah, that's Great. very provocative. I really like that, though. I'm, I'm going to write that down and think about that later because I'm really interested in identity, and maybe that's another word for rules, but anything that questions kind of yeah. my existential um, reasons for being here or, or, or whatever, I get very um, absorbed into thinking about these. So that that's a very provocative uh, invitation for exploration. Thanks, it. Can I ask Rosemary, what is it about transactional
1: analysis that assists a person understand their roles and how that works and their personality? I've come across this idea that we all have different hats, different roles to play in life. What is it about the TA? So we don't
0: play roles. We inhabit roles. That's quite an important distinction. Okay. Because playing is about performing in a mask. It's not about that. It's about inhabiting. And roles are always in a context. And so using role theory with clients directly, you know, a bit of, you could work with sharing theory. So sharing the model, uh, which you can do in about two minutes with people so it doesn't get in the way of the work. And then getting people to really unpick what is going on in their role vis-a-vis whoever it is they're finding difficult, Mm. who's in another role, for example. So we talk Mm, about decontamination in the role. Yeah. deficit in the role, so are there things you don't know or skills you haven't got, or perspectives on reality that you haven't got, or confusion between roles. So a role is a consistent pattern of yeah. feeling, thinking, perspective on reality and behavior in relation to another role. And this might have some echoes for you as an ego state, and it comes out of ego state theory.
1: Right, okay. And can I just ask, when you talk about decontamination of roles, what does that mean?
0: So, Bernd Schmidt talked about how we have different worlds in which we inhabit roles. So, our professional world, for example, and our private world. And if we take a private world role into our professional world, we will probably find there are some problems. We decontaminate the worlds. So, for example... Dad has been home with his teenage kids all weekend and they're driving him spare. Um, <laughs> goes into work on Monday and starts treating his team members like his teenage kids because he's <laughs> out of one role into the other appropriately with an appropriate mm. feelings, thinking, perspective on reality and therefore behavior.
1: Wow. I can see how that would be so helpful using that yeah. framework, having- And
0: vice versa, of course, taking work home. Yes. Yeah. And always.
1: that was a conversation I had with my 18 year old daughter yeah. just the other weekend about my work drifting into our home life. Yeah. yeah.
0: I want to add a second piece because for me, this is really important. And TA is fantastic on this, which is roles are always in a context and systems, contexts always have a culture.
3: Mm. And
0: there are some fantastic, not very well-known series in TA about culture, which date right back to the 1970s. We've got f- four or five different series. Burns got one, Denton Roberts has got one, various other people. And really understanding the power of the culture on influencing the roles is really important. So very often we end up behaving in ways that we later look back and think, that wasn't me. Yes. That's not not what I do.
3: Yeah. And
0: we really underestimate the power of culture and context. Yeah. We're in an age of narcissism at the moment for the last 20, 30 years where the focus is so much on the individual as if there was no context. But there's always context. And there are now people in the States who are thinking that personality, these are psychologists and therapists, Personality is maybe ninety-five percent formed by culture.
2: Mm, wow. Okay.
0: And we're talking about culture here in lots of subtle ways. You know, every organisation's got a culture. of yeah. Gender has a culture.
1: So, how do you define culture? It yeah, we're going to get. Depends how you different.
0: define it. I like <laughs> Eric Byrne here. <laughs> so Eric Burn is, and this is my take on Eric Burn. Is it's the it's what emerges out of the interplay between the structures in a particular system and the dynamics of a particular system. Mm. A culture is formed between the two. And cultures get set. This is this is how we Mm. are. And they get set unconsciously. So time passes and the old culture prevails even though things have changed, everybody's left, completely new people are there. Yeah. But the old culture
2: very interesting
0: prevails and we can see this nationally which yeah. Berm writes about in one of his books we can see it in organizations we can see it in family cultures mm, yeah. is a genius. i mean he touched on all of all of that
2: yeah actually that leads me into asking you rosemary what What do you think transactional analysis is? Because that's also one of the things we're exploring as part of this podcast. You know, if you go to some of the transactional analysis websites, it says that transactional analysis is a psychotherapeutic tool or is a psychotherapy. I have my own beliefs about what transactional analysis is that varies away from that. That's probably influenced by the fact that I'm training in the educational field. But I'm wondering, you know, what what do you think transactional analysis is? If you were to... I
0: think that Best way to describe it, so it's not a definition; it's more a description. It's a set of maps of the, the individual, a group, an organisation, a system, a nation. There is a set of maps that we can use to understand at the social level what's going on, the psychological level, what's what's happening beneath, in awareness psychologically, mm. but not shared, and out of awareness and the existential level. Yes. And the existential level was very big in the 60s and 70s in TA and it's got lost.
2: Yeah. Um,
0: I think that level's level
2: is very important. <laughs> yeah.
0: There's yeah. Three, sets of, three sets of maps, if you like, at those three levels that link together, 3D
2: mapping. And
1: maps is such a beautiful illustration yeah. to explain.
0: Yeah. And you can have the 100 kilometers to a centimeter or you can go really <laughs> Yeah. Can I just add something else there? Oh, yeah. yeah. There, oh, tools. You use the word tools. Mm. TA has very few tools in it. Really, the only tool proper in TA is burns operations and interventions. Yes. You're brilliant. Can Absolutely. you tell us
1: more about that?
0: Well, a tool is what you do. Yeah? Yes. Yeah. Do something. So hmm. there's the map. And I'm very much about working emergently, working creatively, working relationally with whoever you're with. And so you create how to use the map in the moment mm, yeah. with whoever you're with, rather than having formula, tools, things that you apply. Right. Um, so burns interventions and operations, the third, and they are sequenced, is confrontation, to put in front of. Yes. To name an inconsistency. In what somebody's already specified and talked about or told you about. Yeah. Mm. And that's our job. Yes. Is to put in front of. That invites the adult. Whether the adult chooses to take the invitation is something else. Mm. It invites the adult. And we need to just keep laying in front of people lightly what they've said. So naming and naming inconsistencies and naming what is so I use the accounting as opposed to discounting way of working. So this is a process, not a tool, but a process. So existence, what is, to significance, what's important. And then you don't have to do much more because people, yeah. if you've yeah. really out what is and what's important, then people will find all sorts of solutions themselves.
2: Yeah. Yeah, and
0: right. then they've got the personal capacity, the organisational capacity, the systemic capacity to act on one or Yeah,
3: yeah love it. Mm. And the
0: counselling field came much later. Let's remember back in Burns' day, it was psychotherapy and counselling. So it wasn't really until I think towards the end of the 20th century that the counselling field really got going in mainland Europe. Yes. And remember IATA only got going really at the beginning of the 90s. I think there's another piece in there, which is more at the psychological level. Mm. What I've said about counseling field is we're focusing on health, we're focusing on expanding the adult ego state, strengthening the adult ego state. You know, we're focusing on people's strengths and in the organizational and the educational fields, there is also a focus on what is working and strengthening right. what is working on the basis that what isn't working will slowly wither and drop off or people can use what is working to examine what isn't working and, and decide not to do that anymore. So it's a focus on what Graham Summers calls sanology. Psychotherapy is focusing on dis ease. So it's focusing on what's wrong. Yeah. And we know that the brain loves looking at what's wrong.
3: Mm. Yes. Yeah? That's true. And, and there's great stuff. at that. <laughs>
0: Than our ancient selves, where we have to scan the landscape for a saber-toothed tiger before we ventured out of our cave. Yeah. Um, We're looking for what's wrong, what's changed, what's bad Mm. in some way. So that makes a difference too, I think, in terms of popularity. We like to look at what's
2: wrong. Yeah. Yes.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I love that. With the clients that I see, I'm a real believer that humans have amazing resources at their disposal. But so often the reason why somebody isn't growing in the area they want is just that they're not able to tap into those resources. Definitely.
0: The word counsel, you know, somebody to give you wise counsel. Probably the most profound counsel I've ever received was when I bumped into a Boy Scout leader, and I was closing the gates to my house one day. And he said something to me that was so profound. It was wise counsel. He just looked at me and said, you know, you don't look like you're in the greatest of places. And then he added a couple of other things. And it was like, wow. And isn't that what the adult's about?
2: Yeah. A
0: perspective on reality that we have to keep updating, constantly update, otherwise we get stuck in stuff.
2: And for to help people understand, Rosemary, how how would you? I know you can't be too um, directive on this, but how would you suggest people go about figuring out when they need psychotherapy versus when they need counselling? How how would you suggest to people, from a client's perspective, to understand what the difference is in seeking counsel versus therapeutic intervention? Good question.
0: I think that there is, from the client's point of view, it's do I want to expand my world at the moment as it is, or do I need to deal with something which has become absolutely fixated in my past? Now, I'm not saying that counselling, of course there is always stuff that's fixated in the past. So anybody who's involved in therapeutic counselling needs to be able to work with that as well.
2: Yes. Their
0: emphasis is on... The, the expansion and building of strength in the present. And there may be need for healing in the past, but it's not the primary focus.
2: Okay, yeah.
0: I did not think the practitioner comes into this because you could have the same person. Um, let's say there's somebody who's a manager of a small business and the business is not going well. And as a result of that, his family life is not going well, and he's having problems with his staff members and so on. And if he says to a friend, what shall I do? Mm. That friend, depending on what they know about different people, could do all sorts of things. Yes. Mm. They could say, you need a psychotherapist. Clearly, something's happened in your past that hasn't been dealt with, and you're repeating it in the present. Mm. Or... Uh, if they happen to know a good organizational consultant or organizational coach, they might be saying, this is a systemic issue. There are things in the systems going on here and the interplay between the wider economics of society and your business and your products and da-da-da-da. And that's got a knock-on effect to how you treat your staff and vice versa, how they're feeling, morale, all of that. So they might go for some organizational work or organizational coaching. If they happen to know people who are into education, particularly personal development education, they might say, I think what you need is a TA 101 or I think what you need is to um, build your confidence. You're not being assertive enough. And if they knew about TA counselling, then they might say, it sounds like a time when you really need to take a good look at what's going on now for you and others and in your system. So you can really sort out what belongs where and what's really important and how you want to build your sense of yourself and your potential in the here and now.
2: Yeah, right. Yeah, I think that's really important. Mm-hmm. And and it comes down to good contracting as well, doesn't it, Rosemary, around really using contracting as a tool for exploration to understand that's whether it. you're the right practitioner or even if you're, you're multi-skilled, that you're, you're agreeing, okay, we're going to work in this way Absolutely. and giving the client exactly what they are looking for as opposed to assuming that they need therapeutical intervention.
0: Absolutely.
2: Mm. None
0: of us has all the answers. Absolutely. we all have particular focus, emphasis. And that needs to maybe be much more upfront to the client. Yes. Yeah. And often I think we don't say clearly enough about what we're offering. Or we say far too much because we want to offer everything to everybody.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Which I think is called grandiosity. And I do think <laughs> that it is a feature of the TA culture.
2: I'd love to hear more about the counselling field and in particular as well in relation to that coaching and how that ties in with it.
0: Well, coaching, I think, is one of those um, domains of work which has never quite sorted itself out in Mm. wider world, uh, quite what is coaching. And I think what we see in our TA fields is different types of coaching. So there is coaching, which is organizational. So coaching executives and leaders, for example, in order to help bring about organizational change. Coaching in the educational field, which is about skills Mm -hmm. or skills and knowledge. So whether it's a sports coach or a a coach around a particular area of, of learning and development. There is coaching, often going alongside training and learning programs. You have your coach. And then there is coaching, which is neither of those things, but isn't, God forbid, life coaching. Coaching, which is about the development of the person, um, helping that person to find their own resources in their contexts. And that's where I think the counseling field is great for coaching. We have a coaching year on our organizational program. So we have a whole year dedicated to coaching.
2: Okay.
1: Yeah.
0: Which is about that type of coaching. But coaching within our counseling field overlaps hugely. So the process is the same, but the focus is about the individuals. So, for example, I've got somebody just coming up for CTA who is a coach of head teachers. Oh, wow. Now, he's not coaching the head teachers. In the sense of making a change to their school and the system that they're in, changing the organization, Mm. he is coaching the head teachers around their feelings and thinking and perspective on reality and behavior in relation to their staff, their kids, their suppliers, whatever, Mm. in that context, in that cultural context of the school. So he does group coaching. And individual mm. coaching. And as you can hear from the way I described it, it is the role of head teacher. Yes. That the focus is in coaching. And I think this is the key domain ah. of coaching. Right. Yeah. This is what gives coaching a body of knowledge unique yeah. to coaching. I heard,
1: I can't remember who it was, yes. you said that coaching was more of a skill set, but you're saying it's about the role.
0: Well, I wouldn't talk about that at all. There is the role of the coach. Yeah. Um, so their feelings and thinking and perspective on reality and their behavior in relation to the somebody in another role within a cultural context right of some sort, whatever mm-hmm. that might be yeah and it's not about just skills and it's not about coaching somebody in just skills. Um, that might fall more into the educational type of coaching sometimes gotcha. although always there is a consistent pattern of feeling and thinking and perspective on reality and behavior in relation to somebody else. And that's the important bit, is really looking at what needs expanding or deepening Mm
3: -hmm. for that person.
0: Whether it's in their internal world, which obviously feelings and thinking are, and some of their perspective on reality is all in their internal world, so some of it's conscious and some of it's out of awareness, or whether it's in the external world, which behavior clearly shows up in the external world Mm -hmm. and some perspective on reality shows up in the external world. So really helping people unpick, find their resources, notice what they uh, maybe need to get more of, what they need to extend uh, or sometimes the celebration of what they are doing. So coaching can be a fantastic way of doing that and obviously sometimes when you're coaching it's really helpful being on the counselling training because you've got the therapeutic counselling in there as well. Mm, So what do you do when somebody regresses? When somebody suddenly loses any capacity for adult? You know, how do you work with that?
3: Mm,
0: So this is all part and parcel, I think, of coach development. And I've had quite a few people from, you know, really top level ICF people come on the program because they want to really develop that edge where does coaching shift into therapeutic counseling and how can i be ethical yes because that client has the attachment to me
2: yes so referring
0: them on often doesn't work
2: yes that that really makes a lot of sense and i i think that that's a really important point as well around the ethics because i know coaches who have that ethical dilemma a lot and and like that you, you know a referral isn't always the best thing for the client
0: and most coaches have zilch psychological training. Yes. Yeah. And some of the accrediting bodies particularly specify that you should not go into that sort of area. So even the accredited coaches uh, are often warned off against getting a psychological understanding.
1: Mm, that is interesting.
0: Which is bizarre, absolutely
1: bizarre. Yeah, because I'd imagine quite often you're going to meet people who can't hold adults and will... You know, yeah. regress into a, a ego state. So
0: you need, you need all sorts of things to be able to work with that and okay. to understand
1: mm.
3: what's going yeah. on
0: and knowing when it might be beyond, beyond you and when it's not.
2: Yeah. Mm. Do yeah. you think that there's any common myths about TA that you'd like to debunk?
0: Well, I think the biggest one is that TA is simple. Mm. Uh, that ego state thing, um, parent, adult, child, it's really simple. Mm. Whereas actually parent, adult, child... Mm-hmm is psychodynamically a way of depicting object relations. And therefore it's far from simple, far from simple. It's what I love about TA. The more I know, the more there is to know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's It's a meta
1: language. It's the never ending gift. That was interesting. You said it's a meta language. What do you mean by that?
0: I mean that you can take most psychological thinking and think about it with TA maps. Great. Sometimes thinking about it with TA maps enhances that other psychological thinking. Yeah. Sometimes that other psychological thinking has, has worded it in a way which is more profound. But nonetheless you can think about it within TA. So you can see TA going from C B T type ways of working right the mm-hmm. way across the which the racket system clearly is, you know, right the way across the spectrum into much more psychodynamic thinking about the unconscious which is where I prefer to sit. But I think it's really important that we have the broad spectrum. Yes. So that's yeah. all part of the the training, both in counselling and in the other fields, from my point of view, Interested in the unconscious processes there.
2: Do you think that yeah. there's some work to be done within the TA community, Rosemary, on helping people understand uh, more clearly what TA is and, and, and about these maps and the broad spectrums? I mean, I know I've had an introduction to some of those ideas and about how TA has been influenced by other modalities and has also influenced other modalities. So there's been some bi-directional swapping or um, sharing of ideas. But, But I'm just wondering, in training, do you think that trainers need to be giving trainees a clearer understanding of who their counterparts in other fields are, what they're doing, where the boundaries sit,
0: yeah, which is what a psychology training would have done if we still had psychology training being pre-TA a TA training.
2: Okay. Yeah.
0: Somehow, we're trying to pack into what's well, often a four-year training in Britain. We're trying to pack everything in, and that's hard,
2: yeah. I think. So, are you working on any exciting projects at the moment, Rosemary?
0: Yes, we're developing a curriculum for social action and social responsibility really coming out of a number of trainees working with all sorts of things. We've got people thinking about Extinction Rebellion from a TA point of view, and we've got uh, people teaching on community development programs and being active there. So this would go across the fields and really look at, actually, are there some things that we can really bring TA maps usefully to help our understanding? Mm. And there are. I mean, all sorts of things organizational games, uh, about looking at the OK Corral from a we and they cultural perspective to understand prejudice as we've got going on at the moment in all sorts of ways in our society, Um, all sorts of ways to help us think about how to really get to grips with some of our current social, political, community issues. And how we can take our responsibility appropriately in those domains, whether it's a Brexit debate or, you know, actually t- taking action in the community. So we really want to get that developed.
1: So that's going to be a course that you're going to be running?
0: Yeah, we're going to run uh, Easter and summer programs so that people can add on to the TA that they've already got. Yeah. Where it is that they're coming from. I mean, issues around gender and race. There's loads yeah. of to think about that. Mm-hmm. There's been some in the TA world um, over the years here and there. We want to pull all that together and develop some more. But the whole political social action got cut out of TA by Eric Byrne before he developed TA, when ah. he was called to the McCarthy committee in the 1950s. Mm-hmm. And I went to stay in his house once and rummaged through his drawers in his shed, Yeah, his famous shed. And there was a letter of exoneration from the McCarthy committee. Um, or the Committee of Un American Activities, as it was oh, called. Oh, yeah, that's right. was taken. He was a great traveler, got pictures of him all over the world Fiji, Japan, Bulgaria, Russia, all sorts of places.
1: Wow. So they were fearful that he was a communist. Yeah. Mm. And
0: after that, he said TA must not, when he developed TA, which was later, TA yeah. must not be political.
2: Oh, wow.
0: Social action is inevitably political. Yes. And I think there was a misunderstanding. I think Byrne had a misunderstanding in some ways about power. Um, Mm. Political really means how do we share power? How do we allocate power? That's all it means. Mm. And TA, you can Mm. see the dream for that.
3: The whole
0: notion of I'm okay, you're okay. Yes.
3: Really. Yeah. Yeah.
0: very deep existential level.
2: Do you and think, that, do you think, Rosemary, that he said that it must not be political, but on some levels he might have felt like, do you know, what other people are going to pick this up and know what I really intended it for?
0: I don't know. I think he was scared.
2: Yeah. Yes, as a lot of people were at that time.
0: Yeah, absolutely, yeah. I and mean, I mean, rightly, you know. yeah. And I think you know he became very famous. There, a Life magazine is on the cover. Yeah. You know, Cosmo magazine, games people play were serialized in size eight font. You think, my goodness, that (laughs) would not matter, would it? Um, (laughs) You know, it's like celebrity versus politics. This is a real issue for people. Is do you dare be provocative? Because if you make a stand about something, then there will be people who stand against you. Yes, I think that's okay. And yeah. I think holding I'm okay, you're okay there is a great place to be. Agreed. We should make a stand. Yeah. But you can understand why some people wanted to go for popularity, bums on seats if it comes to TA training, and be very careful and very cautious.
1: Mm, that is fascinating.
2: It's very interesting, particularly in um, just thinking about the political climate at the moment and the, in the different places we find ourselves with, with yeah. the with the climate itself, um, and, and with the rise of populism, it's interesting yes. because everybody seems to be voting in right wing governments, and we just voted in the left wing <laughs> government in Ireland. Uh, yes, uh, and I just find that interesting. You know, and about, Finland, too.
0: yeah, predominantly female government, all yeah. under thirty
2: five. Yes, I saw that recently, yeah. which is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I have a
0: Finnish yeah. I sponsor. It's like great, exciting. So there is hope. And yes, hope is really important in all yes. of us.
3: yeah, whatever, absolutely.
0: Whichever practice we do, and yeah. I think it's important as a practitioner. If you voted Leave or Remain, and you don't in any way want to touch on that, things leak out, and all sorts of unuseful negative. Yeah transferences can occur between people. So let's be clear, this is what mm. I stand for. And I'm, yes. this is, I think, one of the things I've really focused on in developing my TA, um, TA works where I work, is we've got some things we stand for. Yeah. And if you don't like those things, that's great. There are other places you can go.
2: Yes. I really respect that, actually. I think it really helps me know as well where the boundaries are. And it it makes me feel safer, actually. Even you saying that, I had this somatic response of, oh, yeah, I feel good about that. Mm. It's very TA, isn't it? It's very authentic. um, It allows intimacy. Yeah,
1: it's great.
0: Yeah. Mm. And you might not like what we stand for, and we can still talk. Yes. (laughs) We can still talk about it, that's, that's fine. And you might want to go and do a different sort of training. That's different.
2: Yeah. Very good. Well, thank you very much, Rosemary. That has yeah. been so inspiring and um, it's really challenged some of my right. thinking and some of uh, assumptions i would made around TA, which is great because that's what we want this podcast to be about. Yeah, right. And it's really good to have the counselling field represented. Mm. I feel strongly about that, um, as I know Matt does as well. And um, a bit
0: wiser about it? Do you feel yeah,
2: definitely do. I feel like I understand um, w- w- the importance of it and also um, why it's separate from psychotherapy, which I think before I, was, I, was, I wasn't as clear on that. So I think yeah. that's going to be really useful for our, our listeners as well. But just before we and finish... One of the it,
0: things that disturbs me about that is within Yucarta, there are training establishments that say that they are counselling and psychotherapy. They're not. Mm.
2: They're
0: TA psychotherapy training yeah right no
2: it's not yeah it's not ta ta counseling yeah it's just it's counseling but not ta counseling yeah and it's really important to to be very clear about that and for our listeners rosemary if they want to get in touch with you if they're interested in training with you if they want to reach out and ask you a question how can they go about making contact with you
0: we've got a ta works website in fact we've got two one is mobile friendly Oh, great. And is taworks.co, and the other one is much more um, big and got articles on it and all sorts of things. And okay. on your computer. taworks.co.uk. Great. And people can email me, which is at rosemary.napper at tamatters.com.
2: Great. Excellent. Thank you very much.
0: You're very welcome, both of you. Thank really you. Really Thank,
2: you. Nice. Thank you. Yeah, Thank you, you too. You too.
1: As always, if you found anything in today's episode interesting, please feel free to reach out. You can visit our website, which has lots of information and TA resources, at transactionalanalysispodcast.com. You can connect with us on all major platforms such as Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. And you can email us at threepeopleinyourhead at gmail.com, using the number three rather than the word. If you aren't already, please follow us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, and we'd be really grateful if you could leave a review. Thanks for listening.